0: Hey, guys, we've got some exciting news. We're going on tour. We'll be heading to seven
1: cities throughout September and October. Tacoma, Portland, Denver, Salt Lake City, and a tri Tour of Texas, where we'll visit San Antonio, Dallas, and Houston on my birthday. Head to SinisterHood.com live shows to check out the dates, times, and COVID protocols for each venue. We can't wait to see you on the road. For generations, a single family wielded control over the justice system of South Carolina's Lowcountry. Over the past six years, five people with ties to the legendary family have been killed. Is this just coincidence in a tight-knit community, or is there a more sinister explanation? This week's episode is The Murdoch Family Murders, Part 1. Up in the night, your heart fills with dread. Had a lot of requests for this one coming this in one has, hot. Yes. It's been it's almost I won't say every other message, but a lot <laughs> of them are. Have you seen this? It's like, oh, we've seen it. It's very much
0: in the news right now. Uh it's on the cover of people. Mm-hmm. So you know I bought that when I was in line at Albertsons <laughs> the other day. It the was the famous Albertsons. It it was. I mean, yeah. that's the one I. That's the only Albert since
1: I go to. So yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, this has been one that's. It's also like you. You read a headline, but then you pull the string, and it goes deeper and deeper. Oh, yeah. And I've just been. Uh, my face has been in the South Carolina judicial system search for the past however long since we decided to do this. I think you said
0: it reads like a John Grisham novel, and it absolutely does. It, it does. reminds me of. Kind of like a midnight in the garden of good and evil vibe,
1: with mm-hmm, kind of southern some,
0: yeah, like Tom Clancy or uh, John Grisham type of stuff for sure, yeah.
1: But then you know, but at the at the end of the day, although it's you know unwinding that way, it's there, there are still five people now who have lost their lives yeah. who. Due to whatever, whether we want to say it's law enforcement incompetence, some type of meddling possibly from the family, whatever the reason is, they're not getting any justice. Nope.
0: Nope. And haven't. Not. Yeah. So Or
1: yet. We'll say that because it's still unfolding. That's as true. Of right now. Yes. So. Yep. It's things much like
0: a lot of the cases we've done lately are very topical. And so yep. things are just coming
1: out as we record. So it's true, yeah. As I mean, as we were researching too, more public records were getting dropped, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this just got uploaded today." I was like, "Oh shit," <laughs> you know, it's, you can't hardly keep up. So by the time part one comes out, who knows what's going to come out between one and two? And yeah. then definitely, I'll be one that we'll do an update on as uh, as it unfolds. So. Uh, and as always, we thank everybody for always sending stuff in. And this was, like we said, one that got sent in. Uh, in fact, by uh, initially by my intern at Legal Aid, Victoria, who sent it to me the week that it happened. Um, and she was, she just thought she said, "I thought you might want to read about this." And I said it to Christy, and it was a you know a couple months ago, and we kind of said, "Oh well, yeah, that you know we have ten thousand possible future episode topics." And then we started getting emails, mm-hmm. DMs. From several, like right in a row, like in one week we got like three requests. So Megan,
0: Bailey, Dunmire, and Nicole Crawford, thank you guys for suggesting this and sending links and whatnot. Olivia on Instagram. And then
1: anyone else that we may have missed, we we thank you as well. Thank you, thank you, because mm-hmm. it's uh, it was coming at us like drinking from a fire hose, all the information coming mm-hmm. through on this one, so thank you. We have a lot of thank yous today. We're feeling very grateful all the time. We're always grateful, but extra grateful this week for—I uh, had to check the mailbox, and— our P.O. box was jammed. I couldn't open, like, I couldn't get items out of it. I had to have a very kind postal worker go around and take everything out for me and put it, I brought a Whole Foods bag. So um, we got so many good things. We did. Nicole Chilton sent us her book called How Dreams Speak, as well as Dreaming Crystals, Nighttime Tea, and some dream notebooks to write down our dreams by our bed. It's right by my bed now. It's comes
0: perfect timing. Little mm-hmm. did Nicole know, or maybe she felt... The energy, maybe the universe shifted. But mm-hmm. I told you just the other day how I've been having the wildest dreams lately. A lot of them Horrific. very upsetting and and nightmaric. Is nightmaric a word? Nightmarish? It is well, now. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say it. So this comes at the perfect time. I have my little dreaming crystals by my bed. And I you had even said, you got to start writing down your dreams. So now I have a nice
1: little notebook to do it in and a, and a book that can help me interpret them. So thank you, Nicole yes. and Green Bean, sent us uh, a lot of good stuff. They help run a crisis line in Iowa City called Community Crisis Line. So the Green Bean said they listen with their coworkers. So thank you so much for thank all you, you guys do for Once answering had a that fish crisis named line. Green Bean, Oh, well, we have a sticker now named Green Bean, and it's on our uh, in our studio on one of uh, the storage boxes, I, so I can look at it every day. And also just some keychains shaped like our letters. I have the H is on my car keychain right now we also got some cool figurines a curvy kind of aphrodite uh looking figurine In and our some favorite magnets. oh yeah purple and we got magnets bigfoot earrings mm-hmm. alien earrings and narwhal got some of those stabbers when you're running you can protect yourself so thank you green bean thank you And Brandy sent us some earrings that are beautiful. They're gorgeous. I love
0: the blue swirly type polymer clay. She sent some for Ella, too. Ella does not have pierced ears yet, but I'll save them for her and wear them. And then one day when she has pierced ears, she can wear them. They're very pretty. Yes, from
1: Etoile Handmade Studios. Thank you. Thank you. And Jessica sent us some shirts. You wore your shirt. On the Q&A, it says, good moms say bad words. Last night,
0: I wore a very fun Q&A. If you weren't there, you missed a big cameo. There was live footage of Petal yeah. in the backyard. Yeah, there <laughs> was. was. We passed the laptop through the window so Tommy could film her in her own,
1: in her environment. In we had a wild cameo. Cause it was yep. Tommy and Kate, the dog, and Petal, the pig. It yep. was fantastic. So uh, if you have, if you did not get to see it live, you can go to Patreon and watch the on-demand recap. Um, but Jessica was on there, and she was excited. And I said we wanted to give her a proper thank you. Mm-hmm. And I also got a shirt that says, "I feel comfortable using legal jargon in everyday life," which, which is you all do daily true. on the red. <laughs> I do. And Danielle De Palma of Danny D Embroidery sent us some stickers or true crime stickers, but two of them were also I think you should leave stickers. Great. And one says Where be your nutcracker, which is from a sketch that we recently quoted on the air. And the other one says bones are their money, Love which is one. something we say in everyday life. Love it so much. Yeah. And
0: we got hooked up at the, the Chris Ultimate thank you. Stapleton Will and Elson concert the other night. Katie, thank you so much. She messaged us last year when uh-huh. the concert was supposed to take place and asked if we would like tickets. We said, of course. And then it was one of like the first things to get canceled. Like it, uh-huh. it happened like right after everything got canceled. So it got postponed. And a couple months ago, we were like, I wonder if we'll get reinvited to that. Katie, didn't, she didn't forget. She messaged nope. us and said, Do you guys still want to go? We said, Hell yeah. We did not know where our seats were. We were just mm-hmm. happy to be there. Mm-hmm. We got some VIP treatment, got a little family and friends sweet action.
1: I was I said we also got free COVID tests, which we was did. Great. We got a free COVID test, which was um, I which was, was, was tested wonderful. It, exciting when it comes back negative because then Isn't I can freely freely eat my cotton candy and popcorn. So we appreciated that. And then we got some uh, wonderful seats and it was so nice. And we got to meet her friend Colleen and, and Holly and everybody. So it was so nice. So thank you, Katie. Yeah, we really it was awesome. Appreciate it. And speaking of tours, thanks for everybody that bought tickets to the tour. We're about yes. to go on tour. In case you're not aware of that, September 15th, we're kicking it off in Tacoma. We're going to Portland. We're going to Denver, Salt Lake City. We're going to San Antonio. Dallas is sold out, but we are also it's going out. Houston. Oh, yeah. I went on the website. We'll see if we can. Last time I I checked, it was just VIP was sold out, but the whole thing is sold out. The whole thing is sold out. I checked right before we went on the air. I didn't want to be a tease, but uh, who knows if we can add tickets at a show. I don't know. TBD. But those other cities, if you're in the vicinity, we'd love to see you. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's VIP meet and greets available. We're going to be wearing masks. We're vaccinated. You can give us an elbow bump. We'll keep it safe. (laughs) Um, each city has its own rules. So uh, the website SinisterHead.com slash live shows, it'll give you a link to each uh, venue and what their mm-hmm. various and sundry rules are. But thanks to everybody who's messaged us where they're going to meet us at as well as um, where they would like to see us. So yeah. that'll give us some ideas for 2022. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can't come to Dallas Hook, go to San Antonio, Houston. It
0: ain't that. Far. Make a little. That far. Make a little trip out of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we'll be there. It's all Texas. It's only. It's, that's <laughs> you my birthday drive 12 week. Twelve and- hours and still be in the same state. Yeah, that's true. Heather's birthday is the Houston show. Mm-hmm. So that so, would be a
1: really fun one to come to. So I want to have a birthday party after the Houston show. So yeah. let's have a. So I'm not. I'm not at home, but I'll feel at home because you'll be there. Uh, oh, you're talking to all the listeners. Yes, but you also, you, but also, but, me. but yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That we're looking forward to it. Super, super fun stuff up ahead. So, yeah, thank you to everyone who's who's already bought tickets to that. Well, we are talking about the Murdoch family murders this week. This is going to be a two parter. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to cover. So, in this first one, we will um, we'll get through a lot. It's going to be kind of a long episode, and then we'll get to. Um, I don't want to say the meat of it because really, there's no, so the much going is. on in this. It's like all of it is the meat of it.
1: Yeah. So, so also, I just feel like it's important that we clarify. Although it is spelled M U R D A U G H, they pronounce it Murdoch. They in do. so many where places I've checked a thousand different places. They themselves say Murdoch. The also one of the members is A L E X. And they call him Alec. Yeah. So, well, it's more like Alec because it's kind of this accent. I get it. As a person with an accent, I can relate. However, the letters aren't there. It's confusing. But just so that you're not listening thinking, I looked at the podcast description. Yeah. And there's no K on the end. There is. You just don't see it, but it's there. It's, 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 uh... It's an invisible K
0: and it's a silent G-H is, is what's happening here. So and this yeah. is
1: like South Carolina, East Tennessee areas. Like I said, my family's from East Tennessee. So uh, we they say things a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess they spell things a little bit different too.
0: There you go. Yes. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. Along the picturesque coast of South Carolina is an area made up of four counties known as the Low Country famous for its uniquely southern architecture cuisine climate and slow-paced way of life the low country is a popular tourist destination for those looking for majestic golf courses sandy beaches and an undeniable southern charm and hospitality for over 100 years the low country has also been known for something else the powerhouse legal dynasty of the murdoch family you been to the low country
1: I have not. I've, we get requests to go to both of the Carolinas frequently, and we have a friend in Asheville, mm-hmm. and I have a, a friend who is from also from Tennessee, East Tennessee area, and he says that Asheville is the most beautiful city in the whole world, and he loves it. And looking at uh, aerial photos and videos of this area, I'd love to go. i mean, been. it been. H- You've been there? I've been, to, I've been to Hilton Head. It's there gorgeous, you go. Man. It looks nice. uh, The
0: most beautiful golf course I've ever been on in my life at Hilton Head. My dad and I went golfing.
1: You why'd, you, why'd you give me that look? Oh, because of golf. Fancy girl. Girlfriend. I took golf you... lessons when I was little. That's right. Um, you did golf and swimming, right? I... At the country club. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I was drowning in the ball pit and I almost drowned at the surf and swim in Garland, Texas. <laughs> but some of us were at the country club. <laughs> um. Well, I do not know how to play golf. Like, I okay, well... <laughs> cannot
0: get the ball off the ground to save my life, it just skitters across the green. But... Can you putt putt? I can putt putt, yeah. Uh, my dad was a very good golfer, and nice. when we went to Hilton Head, I went with him. Hague Point was the course, and it's one of the better memories of childhood, like with my dad, because it was just like, I mean, it's beautiful. Like it's overlooking uh, the water, and there's just like cliffs, and it's just so green and everything. Had mm. still remember a sandwich I had there, and I was, I believe, <laughs> ten. It was, was it like a like a southern cuisine kind of sandwich? No, it was like um you could get sandwiches from this little like cart that came around and and mm. you could buy like drinks and sandwiches. Oh, it was just probably the setting made it even better. Well, yeah, it was it was made by somebody who was around there. There was probably a little twist yeah, to it. Yeah, probably you know? so. Yeah, but it was it was gorgeous. So, it's a very um when you think of like the south or what the southern um picturesque environment looks like this is what it is. Like All the right. huge, beautiful homes with like the wraparound porches and and the shuttered windows and the huge uh oak trees and Spanish moss and everything. It's it's gorgeous. In the nineteen twenties, Randolph Murdoch served as the prosecutor for the counties of Hampton, Jasper, Beaufort, Collaton, and Allendale a position that would be held in an unbroken streak by the Murdoch men until 2005. Additionally, Randolph founded the family's firm, a practice that has grown to include 70 employees, including 11 partners and 5 associates, according to the state. Over the years, the firm has made millions from suing large corporations, government entities, and wrongful death cases. Locally, the firm is often referred to as the house is CSX built. A title earned from the reputation the practice established early on for suing CSX railroads dozens of times, making them millions.
1: Yeah, the position's called the solicitor. And, it I mean, it's ostensibly a DA prosecutor. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, but that's just, it, it's another kind of, it's his own place. It's the South. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's his own place. It's mm-hmm. got his own phrase for it and everything. And then also, you know, when you're, talking about lawyers and big money lawyers it is plaintiffs firms mass casualty plaintiff firms it's similar to what tom girardi does mm-hmm. did for he i saw today he's in a um, assisted living facility now oh that um, went downhill fast yeah and uh, so when you take that ca- kind of case when you say okay mrs smith you know your husband was killed on the job at the railroad uh we'll, we're gonna sue wrongful death say we get you know 12 million dollars well a third of that's going to go to the firm mm. and the higher up the more that one-third becomes and then you also recover all your costs and fees and so it's, it goes up even more and so that's how you really get to build this dynasty and it I imagine would help if not only you're doing civil lawsuits but you're also doing the criminal lawsuits boy that's convenient you get in both sides Speaking of lawsuits, I'd like to say everything in this episode is our opinion based <laughs> upon facts and uh, publicly available records. Someone has uh, indicated uh, elsewhere that the Murdochs are a litigious bunch. What? <laughs> Shocking, what, I know. What would make one think that? I know. are one of the most powerful
0: legal families in the country. I'm one of the most powerful legal families in the country. You are, yes. The McKinneys <laughs> don't eat—the Murdochs First and only <laughs>
1: <laughs> to the candle family. to the
0: McKinney's. And you know what? She it only takes alone. one. <laughs> exactly. You're at that <laughs> powerful. She <laughs> stands alone. That's me. Until 2005, Alec Murdoch served as a prosecutor for the South Carolina 14th Judicial Circuit, same as the generations before him. Known as Big Red, Alec had attended the University of South Carolina, where he obtained a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science in 1990. He continued there for law school, graduating four years later. It was at the university he met Maggie Kennedy Branstetter, a pretty blonde sorority girl with a charming personality. The two began dating and married not long after. Upon graduation, Alec followed the Murdoch men tradition, working for the family firm, a three-story brick building located in the heart of downtown Hampton County. It's a gorgeous office. Mm Mm-hmm. It's all the
1: architecture in this area is so beautiful. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. This looks like a very large home almost as opposed mm-hmm. to
1: a traditional office building. And I bet it feels like home if you're working with your daddy <laughs> and your granddaddy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Eventually, Alec and Maggie had two sons, Buster and Paul. As the boys grew, Maggie embraced her role as a fun loving and attentive mother. While the family had several homes, they preferred their sprawling 1,700-acre hunting lodge in the small community of Islandton. Both boys loved to hunt, and Maggie loved to entertain. A fellow Islandton resident told people that Maggie was always friendly, trying to help. Her house was always the one the boys' friends wanted to hang out at, with her neighbor adding, They all called her Mrs. M. She loved it. For more than a century, the Murdochs have ruled the small county, with a population hovering around 22,000. With the median household income of $32,000, the exuberant wealth of the powerful family could hardly go unnoticed. One local resident told People
1: magazine, We've had three generations of Murdochs in power, and they're known for being bulldogs. People are afraid of them. Joe Granger, a local farmer, told the publication, Everybody knows the Murdochs or knows of them and what they're all about. Big family, old money, new drama. In fact, the only thing the Murdochs may have
0: had more of than money was drama, to put it mildly. I mean,
1: when you look at the comparison of someone who has homes, mm, plural, multiple. versus the median income is 32000 I mean, you're probably the top, not just the top 1%, the top 001%. 0, 0, yeah. You know, you're... You could buy and far. sell that town a couple times over. You got multiple boats. Yeah. You got multiple houses. You got a lodge. You got, you know, all this stuff. And it's, you know, being a partner in the firm, some of the members of the family were. And it just the the salary and or the share that you get from the cases that you bring in. That's a huge disparity. And I mean, what do you say? With great money comes great power, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can't. You can't touch a family like that, I think, absent, like, external, more powerful control, you know, at the state level or the feds come in, you know. But when you're – if nobody's paying attention and there's no whistles being blown, you could, in theory, if you have a lot more money than everybody, you have more education than most people, I'm assuming, in the town. And you are the one that literally can put people in jail. You have a lot of political sway. You're rubbing
0: shoulders, donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to the police department, politicians, you know. Some might say that a family like that um, can get away
1: with pretty much anything. I did notice in some of the, you know, some of the evidence we'll get to later, but there was uh, people, you know, even if it's like, well, I didn't get this cop his job, but a situation where the cop's father was in a car accident and, who but the Murdochs are the ones that represented the family mm-hmm. or another one where uh, one of the officer's wife went to law school and she had a job during law school at the Murdoch firm. Mm-hmm. So it's if you're anywhere related to that, you probably have touched that family or been touched by them. And so it becomes it's not even like, oh, I exert power over you because I threatened you or I exert power over. But you know what they can do if you've been on the inside of the law firm or you've seen how they operate or You feel maybe beholden to them because they got you thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. by taking care of your family. So you start to see in a town that small, when somebody's got that much business going on, it it makes a difference. It's not just we're just we're just any other family. We're just like everybody else. All right. Spare me. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people said
0: that they were very nice people. I'm not saying they're not nice, and, but I'm saying
1: privileged. But they are,
0: oh, for sure, privileged. Wise. Yes. Oh, yeah. there's, yeah, I don't think anyone could argue that. The uh, Alec, while well, he was a bulldog in the courtroom, from most things I read, he was very polite. I mean, he was also a lawyer and, you know, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes <gasps> lawyers will kind of just like grease people
1: um we are in a i would say we're an aggressive people when we need to be and we are schmoozy charmy people mm-hmm. S- some might even say smarmy <laughs> That's when it. we need to be you know yeah. i mean it's part of it they teach you that sure. in law school even they're like your career starts day one of not even law school of like college like everybody you meet it's all networking to me is always like well how can you use people
0: yeah i mean and it's the impression you leave and you know mm-hmm. i mean like the saying goes, people will always remember how you made them feel. So like you mm-hmm. said, if if you had a loved one that they got you $300,000 settlement, you probably feel like you owe them something or you're going to, you
1: know, um, have always nice things to say about them. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's a position of privilege and also it's just going to influence how people interact with you. For sure. Sinisterhood will be right back. As we've talked about on the show before, we should seek out what's right for us and not compromise on what's most important. Our relationships should add value to our lives, including in the bedroom. Dame Products is a
0: woman-owned company making the next generation of vibrators. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples.
1: Dame products are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. And the best part? Dame
0: offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Go to dameproducts.com creepy today for 10% off. Again, go to dameproducts.com creepy today for 10%
1: off. By now, pretty much everybody has heard of CBD, and if there was ever a time to get started with CBD, it is now. What both scientists and those who use CBD regularly know is that it helps with daily stresses, but you have to use a quality product to get quality results. Charlotte's Web hemp extracts are tested 20-plus times from seed to final product. Unlike many companies, Charlotte's Web has their own proprietary hemp genetics, so the end products are consistent, meaning you know what to expect from each bottle. And they're a mission-driven B Corp, which
0: just means that they promise to help the planet and humanity and all of that good stuff.
1: You guys know the goose is a cicada-killing machine? Mm -hmm. She is also an old goose. She's a man. I got her in 2011 and she was three years old now. So she's or three years old then. So she's up in the teens at this Mm -hmm, point. She's mm -hmm. a she's a I won't even say she's a rescue. She's a creek dog. I found her an old creek, but (laughs) she looks uh, great and she is still spry. She's spry. She's smart. She's got a shiny coat and she gets a uh, CBD dog treat for senior dogs every day. And how does she feel about them? She will attack me if she hears me even walk to the direction that the bag is being kept in. She is obsessed with them. She loves them so much.
0: You got to have a talk with her and say, listen, (laughs) if you bring me another cicada, I'm cutting out your treats. And then
1: it's like, well, she doesn't want to lose those. So then you're cicada free. She is way too smart, probably because of the hemp extract. (laughs) She'll just trick me. The hemp treats have made her too smart. (laughs) Go to charlottesweb.com and get started with the OG CBD brand who kicked off this whole CBD craze and use code CREEPY at checkout to save 15% on your order. This code works on all CBD products besides bulk bundles. That's charlottesweb.com.
0: Use code CREEPY to save 15% on your order today.
1: So we've established this family has a lot of power, a lot of money. They're all over this county. Counties. It's a multi-county area. Yeah,
0: there's apparently... Some people say it's just the four counties we mentioned. Others say it's like five or six, and then some people even say it's seven. So I think depending on where you live, you might try and throw your county into the low country. But, you know, I am not from South Carolina, so I have no dog in this fight. I'm just going by uh, a couple websites that I found that said these are the counties that are in the low country.
1: Well, and also, I think if you have a family that's been litigating cases for that long, you definitely will be able to shape case law. So you will have a plaintiffs-friendly county or set of counties wherever Mm -hmm. you primarily file. And if you know, okay, this is going to be the more plaintiff-friendly county, we'll file there, or this county tends to go towards the defendants, whatever. And so I think, you again, that's another mark of the privilege of having a family, long-term family business of running the law is that you've set this precedent. So you kind of know before you file how it's going to go.
0: Even in the courtroom, in the courtrooms, there are large uh, oil paintings of the Murdoch men. Like, I mean, so you're, (laughs) you're going up against one of them and they're, you know, great, great grandfathers on the wall. That's got to be intimidating. You're like, well, they run this town. How am I going to win this case? You know?
1: Or you may even, as a jury member, go, "Oh, well, they're bringing it. They always win, mm-hmm. so they're probably." I'll just vote. For, I'll just. You or know. a judge. I mm-hmm. mean, it
0: seems like I don't. It's kind of unprecedented because at some point you would think there would be a conflict of interest to have
1: just kind of the same entity over everything. Well, we will see as we go on through where we're about to start getting into the crimes that occurred. There are a lot of conflicts of interest.
0: Mm-hmm. On July 8, 2015, 19-year-old Stephen Smith was found dead on Sandy Run Road in Hampton County, South Carolina. Stephen was a graduate of Wade Hampton High School, the same school Buster and Paul attended, where according to the Augusta Chronicle, Stephen got straight A's. At the time of his death, he was a nursing student attending classes at Orangeburg Calhoun Technical College, or OT Tech, a public community college in Orangeburg, South Carolina. His senior photo was reproduced in the New York Times via the Island Packet, where he said he was most likely to become a medical physician or rule the world. His mother confirmed to
1: the Augusta Chronicle that. Stephen was in the process of discovering himself and his sexuality. He was gay. His senior photo also
0: has a wonderful quote from Homer Simpson. Mm -hmm. I cannot think of it exactly, but you can have all the money in the world but you'll never have a dinosaur or something to that effect it's so good but it i mean like that kind of did you have senior quotes in your senior yearbook i'm trying to remember if we did we did i I still remember mine you know what it it was a beatles quote what was your beatles quote it was and in the end the love you take is equal to the love you make that's wonderful thank you i feel like Quotes like that kind of give you a little peek into a person's personality, and he sounds like he would have had a very nice, funny uh, personality just based on that. Not to mention the fact that he's going to nursing school, which you would be a caring and empathetic
1: person to do something like that. So he sounds like he was a very nice fellow. Saying that you want to rule the world would definitely have been something I would have put in my senior quote. So, <laughs> see, you know, it's it really does, like you said, it gives you a little insight. We we don't know him personally, mm-hmm. but when you read about what happened to somebody, you want to, like you said, you don't want to define somebody by the worst day of their life. Mm-hmm. And he his his ma- he sure had a mama who loved him. Oh, I'll tell yes, you what, to this sure. day,
0: mm-hmm. South Carolina Department of Public Safety incident reports obtained by the Daily Mail indicate that on July eighth two thousand fifteen.
1: Between the hours of 0100 and 0400, an incident took place involving the victim, Stephen, and unknown subjects. His injuries were described as... Blunt force
0: trauma to the head. After examining the body, it was determined that Stephen's left
1: shoulder was dislocated, and an EMS worker noted in a report that... A projectile wound was located on the victim's head. A hole in the skull was located above the victim's left eye. An anonymous tip was allegedly taken by police that indicated
0: Stephen may have somehow been involved in a relationship with Buster Murdoch, according to
1: the Daily Mail. So I would like to ask you, Mm -hmm. based upon the facts we have so far, blunt force trauma of the head, a projectile wound above the victim's left eye, and a dislocated shoulder, it sounds like, tell me if you concur, that he was involved in an altercation. That is what I would concur, yes. And there's no blood around the body. There's nothing else around the body. So to me, it sounds like perhaps he was physically assaulted, injured somewhere else, and then placed taken where he there. was found, pretty much on the center line of the road. He was found
0: about two and a half miles from his car, which was on mm-hmm. the side of the road. And police reports say
1: his he had run out of gas and he was walking home. That was their speculation based on the gas can was or the the gas tank of the car was open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see. Not that I want to sound suspicious, but. I did not see where they measured the actual gas. They just said his. this is what they found, a car, door open, gas tank open. Yeah. And um, let's see. What year was this? 2015. Okay.
0: So most people have cell phones. So if you run out of gas, most likely you're going to call somebody to come help you and not just start walking two and a half miles
1: in the dark down a, uh, a dark road. And that was, I believe, his mother made a comment to the, to the your point that said he would never have done that. Mm-hmm. He would never have walked down the dark road. He knows better. It was extremely dark and isolated. That would not have been in his personality. Yeah. The DPS reports also showed that Stephen was found with no vehicle debris, skid marks, or injuries consistent with someone being struck by a vehicle. The reports also stated that. The victim's shoes were loosely tied, and both were still on. Despite the report stating, We see no evidence to suggest the victim was struck by a vehicle.
0: Officials would soon change their tune. The medical examiner ruled Stephen's cause of death as undetermined and the result of a hit-and-run. The doctor who conducted the autopsy concluded his injuries were consistent with being hit by the mirror of a large semi-truck. According to reports from SCDPS, when confronted with the evidence of the bullet hole, the doctor told investigators there was no gunshot wound or bullet fragments
1: found. Yeah, when reading these reports, you feel like I can feel in the investigators' language how frustrated they are to receive this response back after you say no no i was there Mm -hmm. i saw the condition of the body i saw they even sent people two miles in either direction to try to find broken glass broken plastic anything and they found nothing there was no broken glass in the wounds on
0: his face like his mom
1: was like Mm -mm. if he had
0: been hit in the head by a truck going that fast a mirror yes there would be glass like in the wounds in his head there would be glass and Probably the entire mirror
1: on the street by the body. And ultimately, when the investigator said, first of all, said, what about this bullet hole? And the uh, medical examiner goes, whoa, what bullet hole? And I'm talking about no one. There wasn't one there. The investigator also said, well, wh- wh- what are you talking about? And they said, well, I've just decided this is the cause of death. It's your job to figure out how it happened. It's it's as if you're
0: reading two different cases.
1: This is uh this case has parallels to a lot of things we've covered before. This part in particular um reminds me of the Ellen Greenberg case, where you have mm-hmm. different differing opinions, but the science is pretty clear. Yeah.
0: You're you as an investigator are saying, How Wait a minute. could you possibly
1: come to this conclusion? What are you looking at? Mm-hmm. And imagine being his distraught mother who's aware of the his condition and you're being told you're crazy. No, that didn't happen. Your son was walking down the middle of the road and
0: somehow was did not see the lights of a semi truck coming at him. Do you know how close you have to be standing to a to a car to be hit by their
1: side mirror? Also, I would like to point out. I'm not sure how tall he was, but I don't think it was like eight feet tall. No, you know, like semi trucks are pretty high up off Mm -hmm. the ground. So uh, there's a lot of to say the least. There's a lot of holes in this. theory. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Stephen's mother, Sandy, disagreed with the results.
1: She pointed to the lack of vehicle debris near his body and told the Augusta Chronicle. One of the guys that supposedly did this, Stephen told his twin sister he had a fling with the boy. He also told me that he and the boy had a deep-sea fishing trip planned for July. I just don't believe my son would have been walking down the middle of the road like that. He would have seen the headlights coming and got off the road. It just doesn't make any sense. And the worst part is that some of the individuals responsible were Stephen's classmates. Think a small town of 22,000 probably people are whispering and that's even worse for a parent who's lost a child to hear. We all know blah, blah, blah did it. And you're screaming, begging, and no one's listening to you. It's also the deep South. It's (sighs) 2015. I
0: would imagine that being gay in that town was not an easy thing.
1: Yep. Not easy. And, and probably would contribute even more possibly to, to, disinterest in solving what happened to him. Because in addition to he is, you know, she says it herself, they don't have a lot of money. They don't have positions of power in the town. But on top of that, if it if the truth were to come out and it did have to do with the sexuality, suddenly this is a town that has committed a hate crime. Mm -hmm. That's what, if that's what happened, that should be what is, that, that does come out. Like that should be the information that's published. But I can imagine if you were, Had some sway, had some power in town. You didn't want that to come out because it does look bad on the town. That's one reason why possibly this got open and shut in such a hasty manner. And there's speculation that Buster Murdoch
0: may have been in a relationship of some sort with him. If your family rules the town and no one wants that coming out, then... I think that uh, you're going to win that battle. Yeah, that's,
1: that, that, that's what one of the tips that came into the tip line said, And, you know, if, how much did that get investigated? We don't know now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll know soon, though. Mm-hmm. Without any official
0: movement in Stephen's case, an exasperated Sandy wrote a letter to both the FBI and the South Carolina Attorney General's office in 2016, urging them to reopen
1: her son's case. She told the Chronicle, I had to go to the governor to take my case because I wasn't getting anything done here. There are too many big names involved for it to come back to Hampton. Unfortunately, she wouldn't see any movement toward justice for nearly five years. Which is every day you're watching, too, especially in this town where she says some of the individuals responsible were his classmates. You're, you're seeing, seeing them all the time.
0: Free. Yeah. And like you said, it's a small town. Everybody talks. She said that people would tell her. Well, we know who did it. You know, I mean, like everyone, it was like everybody knows, but nobody's saying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in your heart, what's happened to your son. And you are just seeing these people walk around with no uh, accountability, no repercussions for anything they've done. That's
1: crushing. It's crushing, too, because there doesn't seem to be any official move towards justice either because you would think okay also what we talk about with all wrongful conviction cases or you know where there's police misconduct there's it's like double crime it's double mis it's a double miscarriage of justice ultimately because on the one hand her family is not getting closure she's not getting any type of resolution justice feeling like it does matter you know i think when you've been the victim of a crime even if it gets solved. It does not bring your family member back, but there is at least some semblance of a resolution. Sure. And so to have it just go, it doesn't matter. Why do you, why do you keep asking about yeah. this? The, the case is closed. It doesn't matter. The The translation is your son didn't matter. Yeah, and you don't and then, matter. And you don't matter. And then the second miscarriage of justice is whoever did do it, who knows what they're capable of. If they were capable of just, this is a, a vicious attack on this young man. What else are they out there doing? Sure. What else have what they else done? Have they, possibly. Or yeah. have they done or willing to do? So it's it's twice as, you know, when it's something like that, it's twice as awful. And it just, especially just her feeling of there's too many big names. Well, mm-hmm. the implication is that I'm small and I don't matter. And, and the whole point of our justice system is that everybody matters, right? That you want to, they all deserve that crack at, at getting it solved. So ideally, but ideally. as we see all too often, that is not the case,
0: especially. No. In a small town where a uh, one family reigns supreme, I read one interview with her where she said, "To your point of like resolution, like I know how he came into this world. I I was there. I know what time he came into this world. I need oh. to know what time and how he left this world. And also, I know what his first words were. I need to know what his last words are. Like she just wow. wants to piece together." What happened to her kid? Because there's just the not knowing is that's I mean, it all keeps you up at night. But the not knowing and just your mind goes to the worst dark places. And it sounds like he was in the worst dark place. But, you Mm -hmm. know, if you have at least some details, at least you can stop wondering. And you've got Mm -hmm. you've got the story. And you you can fill in the blanks in yourself. yeah,
1: Yeah. yeah. Sinisterhood will be right back.
0: When it comes to true crime podcasts, Generation Y is a pioneer. If you're obsessed with crime mysteries and unsolved murder cases, this show has it all. Hosts Aaron and Justin cover cases from all angles. They break down theories, deep dive into forensic evidence, and discuss
1: their opinions on the most perplexing cases. In one recent episode, you'll hear the story of Brandon Embry, who experienced a violent death in his own apartment, followed by some outrageous claims as to the cause. The medical examiner declared his cause of death as pneumonia, while
0: detectives alleged it was drug-induced self-harm. Why were their stories so inconsistent? And what
1: really happened to Brandon? Or you can listen to another recent episode that covers the case of Michael Morton from Austin, Texas. Morton spent nearly 25 years in prison after a jury decided he was responsible for murdering his wife, Christine. But the truth of what happened would come to light thanks to the work of the Innocence Project and pro bono work by some defense attorneys. Uh, I listened to this episode um, as I have listened to other Generation Y episodes. And this one is this case is extremely important in Texas. They teach it on the bar exam, and it was wonderfully covered, tons of details. And the analysis from Aaron and Justin was um, spot on. On. so I really appreciated that they covered that. And like I said, I wish they would have had it when I studied and for And that's the bar from exam. a lawyer.
0: <laughs> a, lawyer. A, a lawyer to non-lawyer saying <laughs> that they covered it well is a, quite the compliment. That's right. Listen to Wondery's The Generation Y podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Wondery, feel the story.
1: So although with this last one, there's not, you know, we there's that tip that came in about Buster Murdoch. And the just general involvement in the judicial system, we don't have a clear, there's no clear answer to what happened to Stephen. No.
0: And to this day, there's no clear answer as to what happened to Stephen. Correct. Perhaps we're going to get somewhere soon. But yeah. Uh, Is it because, like we said earlier, shoddy police investigation, things getting brushed under the rug, or really there's no leads to go on. It mm-hmm. seems like in a town that small, it would be easier to have leads because there's not as many people to
1: do stuff. Well, and also that your your suspect pool is smaller. And I think the tendency towards talking is bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, it is mm-hmm. such a microcosm of, versus, you know, if you commit a crime in one North part of Dallas, and then you drive all the way to the east part of you know it's you can get far enough away, but if you're in a, a town that small of twenty two thousand I think I mean my hometown I think is a hundred thousand hundred and twenty thousand, and even that people know people you know it's just mm-hmm. too it's almost too small and if this is even smaller it's there's if it ain't solved, there's probably a reason if what
0: really happened is a trucker hit him in the head with his mirror an investigation could be done to find that trucker out truckers have to make way stops at stations there's cameras if someone reported seeing a semi-truck with a broken mirror you know i mean there's a way to follow that lead and get some Mm -hmm. resolution but that wasn't even done it was like this is what happened but uh, we're not going to follow it anymore. This is just what happened. But we're still not going to try and, like, hold anybody accountable for it.
1: Well, and that's the hard part is on the initial investigation, they said, oh, well, we looked for glass and anything, plastic glass, anything, tire tread. There's nothing. Which so- would indicate then-,
0: then that's not what happened, guys. Yeah. Three years after Stephen Smith's murder, the Murdoch's name would once again come up in the investigation of a death. 57 year old Gloria Satterfield, the Murdochs housekeeper, had an outgoing personality, liked tennis, loved kids, and her favorite color was purple, according to the Augusta Chronicle. She was born in the same South Carolina county, Hampton, in which she lived in 2018. In February of 2018, Gloria sustained a slip and fall injury in Hampton County, according to court documents. All that is officially known is that Gloria was involved in the slip and fall. No details had been provided. She was taken to Trident Medical Center, where she died, on February 26, 2018. Her obituary
1: stated she was survived by her family, as well as those she loved as her family, Alec and Maggie Murdoch and their family, and Randolph and Libby Murdoch. On December
0: 19, 2018, the appointed personal representative for Gloria's estate filed a petition for approval of wrongful death settlement asking the court to approve a $500,000 payout from Alec Murdoch's Lloyd's London insurance policy with $166,000 in fees and $1,500 in cost going to the law firm of Moss, Kuhn, and Fleming, a firm at which, according to his current law firm bio, Alec himself used to work. The remaining amount paid to Gloria's estate was split between her two sons, according to the settlement.
1: So what does this tell us? Well, the petition—so, okay, when you have a lot of money, it is a good financial strategy to have an umbrella insurance policy, a large payout insurance policy. You got a lot, you got a lot to lose. So when you have a large insurance policy, you can't just go to the insurance company and say, Hi, my housekeeper died. May I please have some money? Because that's suspicious, in my opinion, as a lawyer. What you would possibly tell someone's family, if, for instance, there was some sort of incident at your home and you felt responsible and you wanted to see them get paid, would you would tell their personal representative. So whoever is listed in the will and if they don't have anybody in the will, then, you know, you would go and do a, a intestate administration, which means somebody died without a will and the probate court appoints somebody. So you get the appointed representative here and you have them file a lawsuit against you and you do that because then you can tell your insurance company, "Hey, I'm being sued. This is covered under my policy. A domestic worker in my house was killed on the job apparently, and I need to pay out this, you know, this claim against me." So that all is pretty cut and dry, right? Like that's how you get the payment out, whatever. What what is interesting um is that so also if you're a personal representative an estate isn't a person, and so anything that is being done with an estate, there has to be a lawyer. So this is where Fleming from Moss, Coon, and Fleming comes in, or the, the firm of Moss, Coon, and Fleming comes in, is there has to be—somebody's got to do the work. And in a personal injury, including a wrongful death lawsuit, you get a third. <laughs> so this all just sort of worked out swimmingly. Um, so here's his firm— His former firm— his His former
0: firm, his former firm is— making money off of him
1: settling, settling. And I'm not, it it would be insurance fraud if there weren't an actual person who lost their life because there, you know, there's a legitimate underlying claim. It's just convenient that his buddy represented the estate. Right. That's, you know, and, and lawyers refer stuff to each other all the time. You can think that's gross. It got, at the end of the day, it got money to her sons. My question, anytime there's a settlement, is why was it settled and why wasn't it litigated? Yeah. And if her sons, if she truly loved the Murdochs as her family, as the the obituary said, which, you know, normally, I guess, your family writes your obituary. Maybe the sons, you know, said, we don't want to get into it with you guys Maybe that's what they said. Maybe if your mom works for a really rich family and they're really powerful and your mom dies, you think, well, we're fucked. We're never going to win. And so if they offer you a settlement, do you take the settlement? If the kids were upset at all by the settlement, they could... Uh, you could accuse the personal representative of breach of fiduciary duty. You have a fiduciary duty to do what's in the best interest of the estate. So you could do that. But, I mean, if you sign off on it and you say, yes, we as beneficiaries agree, which that's what this was, then. A otherwise possibly litigious situation that would have taken up court resources has just been settled, right? But you're what not really- going to
0: win and you're not going to you're going to lose a ton of money trying to fight.
1: Well, would you win? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we all love a good underdog story. But also, yeah, you would have to find an attorney who would be willing to go up against them. Yes. The Bulldogs. And is that hard to find? I don't know. I'm sure there are attorneys that are more than willing in the Lowcountry who are like, I'll take them on. I'm willing to do it. In this case, uh, later on, when someone else who is uh, in the Murdoch Orbit needs an attorney, that's the same people they refer this kid to. So, the Moss, Coon, and Fleming. So, Mm -hmm. it's one of those where, you know, I got, I went to law school with a half a dozen people that if you said, I need a family law attorney, I got a name for you. If you say, I need a corporate litigator, I got a name for you. If I, you know what I mean? Like, so I trust them because I personally know them and I know their competence level. So, would you accuse me of being shady? Because I would send you to my friend Julie Aguilar for family law versus picking somebody out of the phone book? I don't think so. Cuz she's, you know, if I'm going to send somebody to an attorney and you're like, "Man, my kids are at stake, I'm getting a divorce." That's who you want to go to. I want to send you to the best possible person. So is that what he did here? Did he tell them, "Hey, you know, my buddy is the best. We went to law school together or whatever. We used to work together. You got to go to him." So, you know, it's one of those on the surface. I think if you're not in the legal field, you're like, uh, he sent him to his friend and his friend made $166,000. That's kind of like how referrals work. Like, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not practicing for money anymore. Um, so if you know, not that somebody can refer somebody to me, but like, if I refer a client to Julie, I don't get any money from that. I don't get paid. I just have the satisfaction of it's like we endorse a product. Like I'm not going to endorse them. I don't use, so I'm not going to send you to somebody I have not had firsthand experience with. So I think on the surface you go, well, that's gross. His friend got a bunch of money, but it's that, that's it's, how it maybe, works. I mean, it is also how it works, uh, you know? I scratch your back. You scratch mine. Type oh, I'm of sure. Business. Well, And on the flip side, you know, that, and being in a small place like that, you're going to get conflicted out of stuff. And when Moss, Coon and Fleming gets conflicted out of something. You want to make sure they send it to Murdoch's, right? Mm-hmm. So vice, you know, back and forth. Yeah. So I'm. I wouldn't say. I think this case is really uh, incendiary, and everybody wants to be like they're monsters. But you know, I'm. I'm not gonna say that in this case. I, I don't. Uh, my big question is, what the hell happened to this? Woman? Yeah, I'm not even that bothered by
0: the fact that they referred them to their friends, because I imagine. Everyone in that town is his friend that's in the legal Mm -hmm. industry. My bigger question is, what happened? And like you said, why was it settled? Yeah. Well, and it's... If it was... Yeah, what happened? That's the question. I mean, a, a trip and fall or a slip and fall, whatever you want to call it, that's pretty cut and dry as to what would happen. Somebody slipped and fell and hit their head or something, and that's what caused their death. So was there an incident in the house that they felt responsible for. And that's why they settled, you know, I mean, like you said, was for it that large amount of money? Yeah. It was yeah. like during, during her working hours, was it something that wasn't as much of a, um, accident as maybe something that I don't want to say intentional, but it's one thing if there's like a spilled water on the floor and you, you slip and fall down versus like something that's a little more,
1: unusual like a, a clear cut case of liability yeah. why would you be willing to give uh, so that's the, the, the again you have to ask yourself what is the impetus behind this action is it oh shit we had a clear danger in our house and she suffered as a result of that danger and was the danger a person was the danger uh, aspect of the house like you said water on the ground a mad person pushes somebody down the stairs mm-hmm. or on the flip side is it we loved this person Unfortunately, she had an accident. It wasn't even really our fault, but we loved her like family, and she loved us, and we are lawyers, and we know how to work the system ethically to get her kids something because mm-hmm. we know she didn't have a big estate and didn't have anything to leave to her, to them, and this would be a way for them to get that. And could that, be a bit of both. It, yeah, and it could be a bit of both. So. Again, I think it's easy to be like, these evil people have murdered their housekeeper. When the reality we don't know that. No, we want we the don't facts know. to say that. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, if if it is that close working, you know, this person's really a part of our family and you just want to see their family to get taken care of. On the flip side, it could also be because they felt liable. Sure. They felt responsible. Mm-hmm.
0: February twenty third, twenty nineteen was supposed to be a night of partying for then nineteen year old Paul Murdoch and five of his friends. Between 5.30 p.m. and 6 p.m., Paul was seen purchasing alcohol at a Parker's 55 convenience store using an ID that was not his own. At the same time, Miley Altman and her boyfriend Connor Cook also purchased alcohol at the Parker's 55 using a fake ID that showed Miley was 24, according to her sworn deposition. The teens, Paul and his girlfriend Morgan Dowdy, connor cook and miley altman and connor's cousin anthony cook and his girlfriend mallory beach headed to the murdoch's island house and drank together for about an hour around 7 p.m they headed to pocky island about an hour away by boat from 8 p.m to midnight the teens drank white claws coors budweiser's and other drinks they had purchased and hid inside paul's family boat a 17-foot triton they would sneak back to the boat for drinks While adults Christy and James Wood hosted an oyster roast attended by Miley's parents, Paul's aunt and uncle, Christy and Randy Murdoch, and several other people, according to Miley's deposition. So this
1: was just a party night starting six o'clock. You get loaded up at the old Parker's 55 and then driving around on a boat. And the reason
0: they took the boat because it was cold that night. It was like 50 Uh degrees on the water. That's cold they got a heads up that there was going to be a checkpoint on the street. A drinking and driving checkpoint. Yes. So they thought it would be easier and they
1: would be less likely to be stopped if they were on a boat versus a car. A 17-foot boat, too. That's a big boat. And then you're going to this oyster roast. According to depositions, it was clear that these teenagers were drunk.
0: Oh, yes. According to the
1: depositions,
0: and— from the teenager saying that multiple adults told them, we're going to get you an Uber, you shouldn't be driving, uh, tried to get Paul not to drive. I mean, the the adults have said aware. they didn't know that the kids were drunk. And they didn't. they did say that one of them showed up with a white claw in her hand, but her parents were there, so she got rid of it. But then they said no alcohol was being served at the event. I've well, never, they had it on the boat. I've, I've, but have you ever been no. to a southern no. oyster roast? I haven't. I would love to go. It sounds been delicious. Crawfish
1: boil, though, and yes. not half of it's drinking, yes. half of it's mudbugs, and half the other half's yes. drinking.
0: I can't imagine yeah. that you would have that type of party without alcohol being served to the adults at the very least. Maybe they weren't giving it to the kids, but yeah. So, by all accounts, the the adults say they did not know the kids were drunk. In depositions from the kids, they say they knew that we were drunk.
1: Yeah, that that their behavior at the very least indicated that they were drunk, but then also, yeah, that they were told, hey, come on now, y'all can't be driving. Yeah. This, where we talked about the parallels from other cases, this part is, begins the Ethan Couch yes. parallel. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've had the same
0: thought many times in researching this. The Garmin tracking device on the boat shows the group left the party at 12.11 a.m., while the majority wanted to go back to the Murdochs' house, Paul allegedly said he would get a shot no matter what, according to depositions. Driving the boat, Paul then headed towards a nearby bar, with the Garmin recording the boat almost colliding with the Wood Swing Bridge, according to Count On News 2. So already, the tracking device on the boat, they, um, they almost already got into a wreck. Mm-hmm. And they haven't even got to the bar yet.
1: Yes. But they're headed, so you're, once you drink what you bought from the Parkers, then you're headed to get some more. Yes. Security cameras show Paul and Connor
0: entering Luther's Rare and Well Done, a bar that touts itself as the best downtown nightlife in Beaufort, at 12.55 a.m., while Miley, Mallory, Anthony, and Morgan stayed near the boat. At 12.59, Paul ordered a round of Jaeger bombs. Connor then ordered a round of lemon drops. According to Connor's deposition testimony, Paul got into a fight on the way out of Luther's. The other men were in Paul's way, and according to Connor, Paul got an attitude and started throwing chairs out of the way. Before Connor grabbed Paul, and the two walked away. Cameras showed the two teens leaving the bar at 107 a.m., eight minutes after they had
1: arrived, and then in miley's deposition she said they also could see the patio area where the altercation outside was also taking place so they show up already drunk
0: and in eight minutes they have a jaeger bomb and a lemon drop yeah that is so fast to have those two shots Jaeger. and man. then <sighs> oh i want to throw up just thinking about oh. jaeger and then you get back on the boat and the whole time Anthony Cook later says that he is begging Paul to give up the keys and to let him drive. And everybody's like, Paul, you don't need to be driving. He gets uh, he has an alter ego when he gets yes. really drunk and very aggressive and violent. And its name is Timmy. How that came to be, I haven't read. But
1: Timmy, Timmy was there that night. Timmy's well known. Like it's not just a, you know. Well, I'm his best friend, and I secretly call it Timmy. It was like openly, mm-hmm. oh, like a joke. It's time almost. for yeah. Timmy. Yeah. Also, Again, this is Ethan Couchish.
0: Shame on this bar. You yeah. know this motherfucker isn't 21. Everybody in this town knows who this kid is, and they're serving yeah. him because they know who this kid is. But if anybody, if they're 45 starts to get into a fight like that with people and you clearly see they're hammered you can't let you're liable if you let them get in their car or behind yeah. the boat and let i mean like that's gonna yes, come back shop, on you for over serving
1: is dream shop liability you're 100 percent right and and that's actually what happened to um Oh, the gentleman from Jackass who passed away—he was very clearly done. Chris Dunn was that his name? He was extremely intoxicated, and they continued to serve him and hit, and he Mm -hmm. wrecked his Porsche and his estate sued the bar. I, man, I loved him, but uh, I just like jackass as a kid. But th- in this situation, he was ID'd and he was carrying around, spoiler alert, his big brother's yes. driver's license. Which um, but they have they both have red
0: hair, just like their dad. But, but their they faces. Don't, they don't look alike. And Buster's a foot taller. Not even close. I mean, and they said later that because they uh, had to get testimony from the convenience store worker. And some a witness in there said, The guy glanced at his card. He clearly didn't like mm-hmm. but I because mean, And there's security footage. They too. all know who he is. And he knows that. Yeah. He knows you just gotta flash it for the camera. Nobody really it's it's just all for looks, you know, nobody's really gonna tell me no because he's
1: and hasn't yeah, and, been told uh, no in there's his whole a, life. Investigative report from the door guy at the bar who said, I checked his ID. And you can see, again, it's security footage. So you can see he gets his ID checked. Well, then the bartender doesn't stop to check him because, in theory, the door right. person was supposed to check them. So it's also kind of the you door is- person did because there's a camera right there. But mm-hmm. did they really? Yeah. Well, do you go, all right, bullshit, this is yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it just goes to show you, you have no idea in the dominoes of somebody's night or what part you're going to play and the Mm -hmm. horrific end that's going to happen you know that you just go ah it's just a fucking drunk kid oh it's just a drunk murdoch kid whatever i'm just gonna let him in not knowing like okay well was those two shots the one that threw him over the edge Mm -hmm. or like if he had never gotten the beer at your place would he have gotten somewhere else and it's i mean it seems silly you know when you're a teenager like this is bullshit just give me my white claws what the hell but Understanding. I mean, all this has extreme mm-hmm. real world consequences and something as simple as not actually checking an ID and letting somebody in has repercussions that literally take lives. Yeah. And when you're but when you live in a town where like if you're the person
0: that says no, yeah, you, you're, you're going you're li- to lose your job because you told yeah. this this kid that he couldn't come in and drink. You know what I mean? So like does take someone being like nah I'm, i don't give a shit who you are like and that saves a life you know but mm-hmm. unfortunately that did not happen this night the garmin recorded the boat leaving the bar area at 1:17 a.m paul was driving according to connor and miley's depositions as they moved toward archer's creek paul allowed the boat to idle a decrease in speed the garmin registered at 2 20 a.m he began fighting with his girlfriend morgan as others on the boat pleaded with him to let someone else drive. Extremely intoxicated, Paul allegedly yelled that, No one could operate his boat like him and no one is driving his effing boat, according to Connor's deposition. Miley said, Everybody tried to get Paul to stop driving the boat, but his reply was, Shut the F up and sit the F down. Nobody else is driving my boat. He was not saying F, but I think in the deposition they were tired of saying fuck, so they just started saying F.
1: Well, if you're also, you know, 1920 and you're in a room full of lawyers, sure, you sure. probably think, I can't say fuck. Yeah, yeah. Paul also stripped off his clothes, despite the
0: cold temperatures, and began driving wearing only his boxer shorts. Morgan was
1: irritated with Paul, and according to Miley's deposition... That led to their whole big fight with him slapping her and yelling at her and cussing her out and right in front of her face. Miley
0: also confirmed that Paul pushed Morgan and spit on her as he was cussing her out.
1: Yeah, this whole taking off all your clothes in in February. Apparently, they asked, I think it was in Anthony Cook's deposition. They said, no, he stripped all of his clothes off and he says, yes, sir. And they go, "Did did he do that? And he goes, yeah, it was just a thing he did when he was drunk. I don't know why he did it. He was just always taking all of his clothes off.
0: Well... I mean, he could just – that could be a thing he does. But also, like, drinking a lot of times can make you hot and flush. Maybe he just stripped them all down. I'm more concerned with the fact of how abusive he became. If he does this in front of their friends,
1: yeah. I mean,
0: you know, this isn't the first time he did this by any means. And they said – like, she was sitting on the opposite end of the boat from where he was driving. So mm-hmm. he would leave the steering wheel, go back, get in her face, scream at her, and mm-hmm. Connor would have to grab the wheel so somebody was steering the boat, and then he mm-hmm. would come back, take it away from him again, and then repeat that, like, five different times. And they said, yeah, he would just wander off in some yeah. of the depositions. The fear of being on that boat as one of the paths, I mean,
1: you're like what the fuck do I do? Do I jump off? Like, you're just, I mean... Because it's icy cold water, mm -hmm. pitch dark. Your God knows... They asked in one of the depositions, they said, how long do you think you were driving from when you left the bar area to when... Uh, the boat finally stops, and he said it felt like ten hours. Mm. I don't know how long we were out there, but it felt so long. It yeah. felt like ten hours because you're again. They he would go. The GPS shows it. I mean, he goes fast. He stops the boat mm-hmm. he, to wander around or freak he just out. He idles, yeah, yeah. And the
0: lights, the headlights on the boat, did not work. Yeah, so not they sick. would have to take turns holding a flashlight so he mm-hmm. could see where he was going. So you mm-hmm. got. One drunk person holding a flashlight for another extremely drunk person trying to drive. Mm -hmm. It's
1: a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And then they said, too, that they were trying to Connor was standing next to him trying to watch the GPS just to try to see if you're going to run into something. According to later obtained dash cam footage, Anthony Cook told police he was
0: so scared of Paul's driving that he sat on the floor of the boat, pulled his girlfriend Mallory onto his lap, wrapped his arms around her and closed his eyes tight. The
1: next thing he knew, he was in the water. I mean, it's got to be extremely disorienting, not knowing if you're going forward, backward, what's close, what's far, and you just want to like almost fetal position.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like if I close my eyes, I can't see it, and like maybe I'll just Like, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, well, if I close my eyes, if I think there's a monster, I can't see it. It doesn't exist. Like, Mm -hmm. you're just like, this is a bad dream. At any second, I got to wake up. Like, we got to get out of here. And when someone is that belligerent and drunk and violent and aggressive, not to mention, you all know who his family is. Mm -hmm. Like, what can you do? Apart from physically restraining him Mm -hmm. when... On a 17-foot boat, that's not going to end well. I mean, like, being on the water is a whole other ball game hmm you're, a, a- you're at a much bigger disadvantage already.
1: Oh, yeah. There's nowhere to go. You can't just go, okay, you know what? I'm going to get out of the car and yeah, the walk. Yeah, exactly. Seconds after fighting with his girlfriend
0: and others on the boat, Paul crashed the vessel into a piling below the Archer's Creek Bridge going 29 miles per hour. Paul, Anthony, and Mallory were thrown into the cold, dark water. Connor and Paul made it to shore, but Mallory was nowhere to be found. Miley recounted the terrifying moment in a later deposition.
1: Mallory was just like nowhere to be seen. It was just like she disappeared. Anthony was screaming in the water for Mallory, and that's when I I knew something bad had happened. While Connor
0: called 911, Miley later told police that Paul's only concern was calling his grandfather. Randolph Murdoch III. After some debate, he also called his dad, Alec. In later testimony, an officer that arrived on the scene said that despite Paul being so stupid drunk and falling all over the place, no one checked his blood alcohol content or conducted a field sobriety test. It wasn't until two hours later, while being treated at the hospital, that Paul's BAC was tested. The results showed a BAC of 0.28 three times the legal
1: limit in South Carolina. So when there's a boat accident, particularly with the fatality, the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources has jurisdiction. But when you call 911, the county sheriff's going to come out first. And so the first folks on the scene are these sheriffs who, thankfully, wear body cams and have dash cams. But their job really is to just secure the scene, Make sure everybody's accounted for. Get people's names and IDs. And they have no jurisdiction to conduct any type of test or anything like that. However, when the Department of Natural Resources people arrive, they have to call. When there's a fatality, they got to call their boss. So the gentleman that arrives on the scene calls his boss and she says, conduct a field sobriety test. Why didn't that happen? We'll we'll find out. Yeah. um, On any of them. I mean they yeah. in
0: in the reports one one quote was everyone was quote grossly intoxicated. I yeah, mean like it, falling down drunk, like can't even stand up
1: drunk. Yeah, one of the sheriff's deputies said that he he said that he was very disturbed by Paul's behavior who was he said he was kind of walking around in a figure eight, walking around in circles and that he chucked his phone on the ground and then started walking around and was like where's my phone? Where's my phone? And then Miley and I think um Maybe it was Connor. Miley said, your phone's right there. And he goes, oh. And the deputy's like, he literally had put it down two seconds and was just had no recollection in the instantane, like in the in the previous moments. And so he was he said he was wandering around. He started getting real belligerent. And so, again, as a sheriff's deputy, you got one girl bleeding, another guy bleeding. People start freaking out everything. I mean, they said they were really just trying to corral them because Mm -hmm. they were all not only wasted but also in shock Have just been through a violent going 30 miles an hour on a boat i mean there's no resistance it's not like you hit you know if you're in a car and you hit your brakes there's nothing like that no they just slam 30 miles into a piling yeah very different very and also the feeling of going 30 miles on a boat's a lot faster than being in a car yes yeah yeah you you got the wind right there the
0: um officer domino that yes. kind of took Anthony under his wing and tried to get him calm and put him in the car. And that's who the dash cam is the, of. And he does an excellent job of really trying to like calm this kid down. And he's like very cool and stuff with them. I will say, the entire time I was listening to this, I thought, what if these kids weren't rich and white?
1: <laughs> Yeah, they probably all would have been uh, cuffed, knees in their back. (laughs)
0: Instead, I mean, granted, they just went through something very
1: terrifying.
0: They're all very clearly drunk. They're all underage. They have admitted to the police. It's on. You can hear the audio that they're all drunk and that no one on the boat is 21. And they're still – I mean, the cop's like, let me get you a cigarette. Let me get you another cigarette. It's okay. Just, like, you're not going to be in trouble. I promise. And, I mean, he's he's being nice, but the privilege is just oozing out of the situation. Indeed. Yes. (laughs) Indeed. Yes. According to dash cam footage obtained by Fitz News, a distraught Anthony Cook can be heard saying multiple times – that Paul was driving the boat, and that everyone pleaded with him to hand over the keys. However, in a later police report, it was noted that Anthony did not know who was driving the boat. Anthony can also be heard yelling, That
1: motherfucker needs to rot in fucking prison. when he sees Paul outside the police car. He goes on to tell Domino, Y'all know Alec Murdoch? That's his son. Good luck.
0: Yeah, he sees paul walking around who's still in his boxers and he starts yelling at this point it's heartbreaking uh, anthony borrows the cop's phone to call his mom and mm-hmm. he's like sobbing like they can't find mallory we've all been in a in an accident you need to call her parents the cop starts talking to the mom and paul walks by the cop car and Anthony just starts yelling at him. You you think you smiling, you think this is fucking funny? My girlfriend's missing. And just mm-hmm. and you just get this mental image that this drunk kid in his boxers is just mm-hmm. stumbling around with this Laughin. smug smile
1: like I'm I'm not going to get in trouble. And that's what's on um Officer Domino's body cam when they're in the car. He says amongst many other of uh, pretty much a rant that uh, Anthony Cook goes on, but he said he ain't gonna get in no fucking trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, "Boy, what do you, who do you think you're messing with? He ain't gonna get in no fucking trouble." And on if you out without context, she'd be like, "Oh, we're not gonna get in trouble because we're protected by the Murdochs." But he's pissed off, and he is like, "You killed my girlfriend, mm-hmm. or at least injured her. We can't find her." And already, you know what happened with Stephen Smith. You know what happened with. Anytime they've ever gotten in trouble, it's Mm -hmm. been, you know, it's Paul specifically, anytime he's gotten in trouble, it's been magically whooshed away. So, of course, your immediate is that sinking feeling of, like, ain't shit going to happen to this guy. I know. I've seen this story play out a million times, and now I was fucking around with this guy, and now I'm on the receiving end Mm -hmm. that nothing's going to happen to him.
0: Yeah. It's, um, and Domino tries to say, like, it did not matter who you know like it's gonna but he says you know who alec murdoch is and he goes yeah i heard of him <laughs> i mean yeah of course you have yeah. you know i mean i think before anybody even said that's his son i'm sure that they all knew that that was his son
1: yeah and then we'll start to see uh who of, of the first responders and what their relationships are as the investigation plays out Alec and
0: Randolph Murdoch arrived at the hospital where survivors were being treated. According to Connor's sworn deposition, he was being wheeled to the x-ray machine to scan his broken jaw. Alec approached him.
1: I was told, for one, by Alec Murdoch that I didn't need to tell anybody who was driving, that everything was going to be all right. I just need to keep my mouth shut and tell him I didn't know who was driving and that he's got me.
0: Another witness overheard Alec on his cell phone, saying, She's gone. Don't worry about her. According to People magazine. At that point,
1: Mallory had been missing a few hours. And so this is where we start to see on the scene, Anthony Cook is extremely distraught and he's screaming, you know, Paul was driving. He killed my girlfriend. The folks on multiple the boat times. Like, like— Multiple times. Multiple times. Several
0: officers have him confirm it multiple times. And you yes. hear the audio of, yes, I got down on the, the bottom of the boat, but the last thing I saw was him driving. They're like—and one of the officers goes, you sure Connor wasn't driving? And he says, "No, sir. When if Connor was driving, I didn't see that. I got down on the bottom of the boat with my girlfriend because I was scared, and we were going too fast. And the last thing I saw was Paul driving. So the cop is already trying to kind of plant the plant seed. the
1: little seed of Are you sure somebody else wasn't driving? Yeah." and And that's the problem is you this is where reasonable doubt is planted the second it ha- i mean yep. the second that it's on the scene is you have a professional criminal prosecutor involved already who is able who knows based on years of experience and also his father or his you know family member who has years of experience in the legal um field who knows how to sow to plant and sow those seeds of reasonable doubt from the second that the investigation begins you you show up you tell all the kids we're gonna do like a he went this way like looney tunes kind of thing everybody's gonna go it was that one it was that one it was that one and if you all start pointing the finger at each other or we all say we don't know they can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt it was any of you guys so you guys will all be fine so it'll be fine Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's very telling that the first person Paul wanted to call was his grandfather
1: not even his dad
0: his grandfather because he probably knew his dad was going to flip his shit maybe his grandfather would be a uh, maybe I don't know but but then he does call his dad and and uh Miley says in her deposition like well he didn't want to call his dad but then he decided to and they're like why do you think he called his grandfather and his dad and she goes well you know they're lawyers so he wanted them to be there Mm -hmm. yeah exactly he knew as as soon as that happened that like i am fucked and i need to get my family here
1: one would say based on your actions like if you weren't driving you would say that's so crazy this guy drove our boat but if you know they're all gonna finger me for driving they know that i'm the one that did it sure i'm going down for it i gotta call somebody you know that's would be my interpretation of that behavior a week later, on March 3,
0: 2019, Mallory's body was finally recovered in a marshy area near the Broad River Boat Landing, according to WJCL News. The coroner's report stated that Mallory had suffered a head injury from the crash and then drowned. Amy Dowd, a friend of Mallory's, told People Magazine that Mallory was smart, kind, athletic, and loved the outdoors. At only 19, she had her entire future ahead of her and was deciding on where she wanted to go to college according to amy
1: she had a perfect future ahead like a happily ever after is sad her body was recovered by two good samaritans yes. who were out just they said they just wanted to help and they went out in their boats and and t- and looked for her and happened to find her and you know that's that i think that speaks to the good of the community mm-hmm. that they knew a mom, a, you know, a family was missing their girl and they wanted to go out and try to help. The 911
0: call of that is very sad. Mm-hmm. They are very shaken up. And yeah, I I think it's one of those things like you go out and you want to help, but you probably don't anticipate that you're going to be the one to find her. And it's
1: mm-hmm. very obviously upsetting and disturbing when you do. Yeah, even if you say, I'm ready for it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's still heart-wrenching. Yeah.
0: On March 29th, Mallory's mother, Renee, filed a civil lawsuit in Hampton County. The suit named the owners of both the convenience store where Paul had obtained alcohol and the bar that they had been drinking at, as well as Christy and James Wood, the couple who hosted the party at their home where the teens had been drinking. Paul's older brother, Buster, was also named in the suit for allegedly allowing Paul to use Buster's ID to buy alcohol. Paul's dad, Alec, and Paul's grandfather were named in the suit as well both individually and as trustees to the presumably large family trust that holds the family's land known as the Island. The complaint alleged that they knew or should have known that the Island was being used for teens to illegally consume alcohol. Mallory's mom removed Paul's grandfather, Luther's restaurant and the woods from the lawsuit in May of 2019. So why would you remove those people and not, um, others
1: either you settled or you through discovery have found that you cannot sustain a viable claim against them so we you can see that he was actually using buster's id but you can't prove that they knew that the kids were drinking at the party
0: necessarily correct
1: it could be something like that and it could be uh like the restaurant you know it could be I, I, I mean, they have they have footage showing that they checked their IDs, so technically they did their job. Yeah, and you could, the, you know, maybe the restaurant says we have this insurance policy and we'll pay you out, or not, or you say, yeah. well, based on the law and the South Carolina and the precedent cases that come before, in order to prove dram shop, you have to have A, B, and C, and you really only have A and B, and so you have to, you know, drop the case against them.
0: On April eighteenth, two thousand nineteen. Paul Murdoch was indicted by a grand jury on three felonies, one count of boating under the influence, causing death, and two counts of boating under the influence, causing great bodily injury, according to ABC 22 News. On May 6, he pled not guilty to all charges. His criminal case and the civil suit were pending as of 2021, after a September 2020 mediation left the remaining parties in the civil suit at an impasse. I know that you got to say you're not guilty, yeah. but like, how do you say you're not guilty in this? Like, because what, he is wasn't your, what is your the defense? Boat, is that what he they wasn't would say? Driving.
1: Oh, he wasn't driving the boat. Cotton Top was driving. I'm saying that sarcastically, but that's exactly why you would want to create confusion the night of that you want to have. Initial statements from every single passenger. If you go room to room to where the nurses tell you, which you is what get Alec tried to
0: do. They said
1: all the the teens said
0: he kept trying to come in the room to talk to me while I, while the cops were talking to me and everything. I mean, he went into full on lawyer mode, as did the grandfather. A nurse said she heard the grandfather several times tell Paul to keep his fucking mouth shut. Yes. And, you
1: know, he was like, acting like a dumbass. Yeah, and he, was he was, he and is a, was. he
0: was a dumbass.
1: He was just so extremely wasted that the EMS workers had to have a sheriff's deputy ride to the hospital with him because he was acting so foolish in the back yeah. of the ambulance and freaking out. And then he gets there and I believe he had the nurse touch his penis, according to to reports. That she, he's like, oh, you need to make me. He made some off color remarks and grandpa said, shut the fuck up. Oh, Wow. Yeah, because again, it was just, and his BAC was 0.28 that many hours later. I mean, you're still riding high. And so when you see a possible, well, you see an actual criminal investigation going on, right? Somebody was drunk driving, the boat didn't drive itself into the pylon, right? So all you have is reasonable doubt, and you just got to go in, not day. You shouldn't. That's tampering. That's like mega obstruction. Like you can't do that. But what has, I believe, was attempted, was to go in and be like, if we all say we don't know, you know, if you guys all say you just don't know, if they go and try to change their story later, they all look like liars now. So were you lying the night of? And if so, why? Or are you lying now? Mm -hmm. Mm I wonder who did it. Well, Paul called his grandfather and said right away, it was, you know, it's like you're, you're basically trying to, your brain immediately goes to liability, to criminal liability, and you go ahead and start building your defense. And your defense is, You can't 100 percent. There's no footage from when they crashed the boat. Not one of y'all can 1000 percent prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Paul Murdoch was driving that boat. All you have are these words of people who now look like liars because the night of they said, we don't know. And they were all drunk, too. And they were all drunk. And, And why did they say we don't know? Well, according to some of them, Alec Murdoch, you know, according to Connor Cook, at least Alec Murdoch told him, say, you don't know who did it. And by, so then when you do come out later and go, okay, you know what, actually, Alec Murdoch told me to lie, and so I lied, but I really do know it was Paul, then easily you're going to crumble under cross-examination because yeah. they're going to go, well, were you lying then or were you lying now? Or are you lying on the stand? Like, how do we know you aren't lying? And it, you attack, you impugn someone's credibility, and that is reasonable doubt.
0: And that, And if you are Anthony Cook and you're like, well, I was on the floor of the boat. The last person I saw driving it was Paul. They're like, well, you shut you're, your eyes. you're saying you shut your eyes and that Connor was standing next to him. So Connor could have taken the wheel from him, you know, and tried to grab it from him. That's what caused the
1: crash. and You just didn't see that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty much, I think, was the defense possibly would have been the defense is you say your burden state is to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that I was boating under that. I was the one that, wheel, that was holding the steering wheel when we crashed. Can you prove that? And mm-hmm. I don't think you can. The death of Mallory Beach left many Hampton County
0: residents reeling. Once again, they felt like the power and political sway of the Murdochs had made them untouchable and allowed Paul to walk away from the death and destruction he had caused, relatively unscathed. Furious justice hadn't been served. Some began allegedly sending Paul death threats online. At the same time, rumors began to swirl in the tight-knit community that Alec and Maggie's marriage was on the rocks. Randolph Murdoch, Alex's father, was also having health concerns. On Monday, June 7, 2021, Alec visited his ailing father at the hospital and then left to go visit his mother. After leaving her house around 10 p.m., he arrived at the family's hunting lodge on Moselle Road in Islandton to check on his wife, Maggie, and their son, Paul. That's when Alec made a horrific discovery. Maggie and Paul had been brutally murdered. And we will get to
1: that in part two. And then how that investigation has impacted all the rest of these investigations. And if they're all possibly,
0: maybe some are uh, related. Some might just show um, a pattern of lack of being held accountable for things.
1: Favoritism. Yes,
0: some might be directly related. But the... um, the double homicide, I mean, like we said, this whole episode had so much in it, yes. and now we get to an even larger piece of the pie that is yeah. equally just as horrific as this, and
1: so many questions. So and many questions. Of, and I, Lots of theories and lots of stuff out there. And I think that's kind of why, too, it has gained such news, is that it, it is horrific to have you know, any two people gunned down. But like I said, when you start to pull the one thread, you go, and he did what? And then he did what else? And what else happened before that? And so you start to see that there's been, like you said, some type of a pattern, something going on for the past, at least since 2015.
0: Yeah, it's, um, like we said, it's, I mean, this story, I can't imagine it doesn't get optioned for a film or (laughs) a series or something, because it's just like, unbelievable like this yeah. story dynasty of of just the mayhem and rumors and horrible things that have surrounded it and now just when you think it can't get
1: any worse like the worst thing that can happen to you happens i think i was asking myself you know why do so many people are we on so what do we think i don't want to oh <laughs> yeah like did we jump no i uh so what do we think um. Uh, well, as you say, I was th- I was asking myself why do so many people feel so drawn to it, or they want to, you know? There's two now. I told you there's dueling subreddits dedicated mm-hmm. to this because there was an original one, and then I didn't really even get into the subreddit dra- drama. But another one is split off, and I'm sure a third will come. And I was like, why are so you know why do people get so obsessed with it? And I think it's because it has the aspects of what we think is wrong with the justice system, and it's in. It's proof that there are two justice systems for, you know, one for rich and one for poor, Mm -hmm. one for white and one for everybody else. And that you see it's like what we saw with Ethan Couch, where you see if you got the right arguments, you can wriggle your way out of liability uh, to an extent, you know, to some point. And almost to like with the Girardi case of when you have somebody that's that powerful and seemingly untouchable, when you see them fall and crumble as a society. It's like Schadenfreude. You're like, yeah, I fucking knew it this whole time. For for all the people that the Tom Girardi victimized, and then all the you know, especially Stephen Smith's mom and anybody else that has crossed paths with them, and just thought I'm nobody, and they get to do whatever they want. They have a blank check for life, and then you're like, yeah, yeah, that is. That is justice, not the 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 double slang. No, you know, I won't seeing... say that's justice. I don't think no, anybody no, 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 and... no, no, no. But I'm saying seeing that possibly all of this stuff coming out about Mallory's death, saying thankfully someone's finally saying they were meddling in this case. They were trying to mm-hmm. get Paul. I'm not. No, I I do not want to be misinterpreted in saying that that their their deaths were justice at all. But seeing. Finally some investigation is going into this that yeah. for Mallory's family and their her family even came out and said, We understand what it's like to lose a child. We're so sorry. You know, we Oh, can't, I don't we... think
0: anybody, except for perhaps who did this, wanted wanted that end. Certainly, no, not wanted that end. Family, but wanted, yeah.
1: You just you want to see, okay, finally, like uh, you know, Stephen Smith's mom wrote to the governor and said, you know, somebody look at this. Somebody from the outside look at this and finally crack that 90 year stranglehold on this community. And I think that's another reason
0: why people are so fascinated with a case like this is, I mean, this is very real and all of these people are hurting like real people as real people, not even like, but it has the makings of a Hollywood movie, a huge, powerful Southern family. That's very rich and wealthy. That something like this happens to, and it's almost like, like you said, kind of just like a spectator thing where you're kind of almost removed from it being like, no, I'm not saying it's good.
1: I'm saying that's why people get fascinated with cases like this. That's true. I think it's hard to, like, walk the line between, okay, I want to report on this and analyze it and discuss it, and this is entertainment because i don't think it is you know it's somebody's life and sure
0: no i'm not talking about us no but i'm talking about i mean there's a reason that it makes the cover of people and that you know a ton of people are talking about it and there's a million articles online like the
1: media latches on to cases like this for sure and and just investigates every angle you know you start seeing somebody was uh one of the Local news outlets had released some footage from a uh, traffic stop that uh, Paul had been, you know, driving, speeding, I think, while he was, you know, out on bond for something. So it's like, you know, you start to, they're starting to dig up every possible instance that. that oh, all the skeletons to, are going to come out of yeah, the closet for skeletons sure. Skeletons out the closet. That's exactly the phrase I was looking for. And yeah. I could not find it. But no, I think that's uh, this next half. I think it's almost, and I'm, I think we, that's why we split it like this because I think they're, there are obviously some connection. There is some type of connection, but seeing how, and I'm, you know, maybe it's the irony of seeing how Paul and you know whoever else has taken, you know, in theory taken Mallory's life, impacted these people's lives. Whether what happened to their housekeeper, what happened to Stephen Smith, and then how the justice system treated them. Now, how will the justice system treat whoever did this? And will justice be done swifter, a different way, uh, you know, and again, seeing that there are two separate justice systems. And
0: how will the justice system treat
1: the Murdochs? Yeah, it's exactly. And like, how will the resolution, you know, maybe a community will change that you have to realize you can't just keep serving the rich and powerful that you've been serving this whole time. That at the end of the day, you got a job to do and the job is to every person, whether it is. The richest people that it happens to, or whether it's Mallory or whether it's Stephen Smith, that they all deserve somebody looking into their case and investigating it and not covering up, making, you know, pulling the sweeping things under the rug is Mm -hmm. what is looking like was happened.
0: Yes. So we will get into all of that in the second one. And we imagine things will come out even before we record that one. So we'll keep, keep our eyes peeled, keep it, keep adding to it and doing updates and everything.
1: As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a sinistered sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the ruling the airwaves and getting into it tiers, special shout out on the show, a monthly bonus mini and patron exclusive video and audio content, including our Am I the Asshole and relationship advice segments where we read and discuss the best Reddit has to offer. And yes, I said we have a new tier. It's called Getting Into It. It includes a live streamed bonus performance every month so whatever we uh release weekly on the patreon for those of you in the other tiers this getting into it tier will get a special live show every month this live show this month we don't know what it's going to be because you get to vote on it so the voting has commenced yeah Patreon and you can get your vote
0: on there's a there's somebody in the lead there's a segment in the lead right now there's a there well it's uh, there was a very clear leader and now there's somebody else coming up behind, so we'll see. Neck and neck. We'll see. You also now have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We'll also be hopping on occasionally and hosting monthly Q&As with Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions.
1: For patrons not in the U.S., you now have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded for a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit
0: Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. Make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to
1: hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your brand new newly freshly designed sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you have not checked out our brand new store, you can get some cool swag like T-shirts, mugs, totes, tank tops, which was featured on BuzzFeed, Mm -hmm. and even clothes for your kiddos. you got to go to Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop in the top banner. Get
0: yourself some swag and then sport it at one of our show live shows yes. we'll, we'll sign it for you too if i'll you sign want, it want that done i mean what, Someone you, posted. it's your shirt do what you want with it we don't <laughs> have to sign it but i'm saying we can if you want us <laughs> to
1: we can somebody did ask what are you gonna wear to the live show and someone's like some swag from the website so yes uh, um there's always. a lot of talk in the facebook group
0: about um uh onesies being worn yes. to the dallas right. live show and if you don't know why that might be you got to hop on Patreon. There's a lot if of people, inside jokes. A lot, if, if you're going to show up, there's going to be a ton of onesies, animal onesies at that show. And everyone's going to oh, be like, what man. happened? <laughs> well, there's a reason for it. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more
1: exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod, and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at? I'm on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and on Instagram
0: at Christy M. Wallace. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK vs. The World and on Instagram at Heather vs. The World. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.
1: Everybody, thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts: outs Candace, Brittany Knapp, Judy Aaron, Guercas Marijuanis,
0: Lindsay Atkins, Ariana Robbins, Teresa, Morgan Yeats, Sally Mize, Julie Peterson, Olivia Estrada, Lala, Victoria, Kristen Ott, Michaela B. Jane Kang, Samantha Hill, Megan Pennick, Lynn Chapel, Lindsay R. Peterson, Will Berger, Annie Donovan, Faith Thomas, Selina Patrick, Lindsay Rousen, Estella Oborski, Britt Rand, Arielle, Kendra D., Catherine Johnson, Jessica D., Audrea Parker, Jana Nataro, Aunt Kalaya, Lilith, Lanny Williamson, Ariel Peters, Phil C., Maria, Christopher Mims. Lauren M. Anderson. Chris Irvin. Katie O. Turner. Jenny. Brandy Foster. Anastasia. Jennifer Christoph. Haley Church. Hannah Havito. Miranda Martin. Ashley Nicole. Sean Gordon. Meredith Grelfin. Elon Bridges. Deja Alexis Bell. Rachel Garcia. Jen Izzo. Emma Glaxman. Hannah Miller, Tabitha Strange, Allie Vaughn, Ann Olivia Rose,
1: Nina Kaufman, V, Kim Rogosiansky, Kayla Donovan, The Vulgar Virgo, Tracy Hanks, Kimberly Crystal Marie,
0: Taylor, Andrew Bertucci, Allie Hobinsack, Chelsea, Ellie Morgan, Jada McLaughlin, Leanne Hatch, Angel Harris, and Shelley Wisenant. Thank you guys so much for supporting this show. We could not do this without you. We hope you pronounced your names right. We sincerely appreciate all your support, especially during these trying times. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy.